Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is a creator-owned spotlight here to talk about a campaign on Zoop. It's up to the fourth issue. We had the creator on way back when with the first issue. It's Scarlet Twilight, and it's my pleasure to welcome Ben Morse back to the show. Ben, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, we were just talking, uh, as everybody, as Ben and I are recording this, the campaign is less than 24 hours old, uh, less than 12 hours old, actually, and it's already at 5,500 of 6,000. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> it sounds like if you pledge, you are going to get the book. So uh, Ben, for those listeners who may not have been with us last time, uh, and obviously a lot has happened since the first issue got released, why don't you let everybody know what Scarlet Twilight is about? We Are Scarlet Twilight is a throwback to Golden Age Adventure Comics. It stars our hero, Captain Lancet, who's a sort of two-fisted 30s crime buster with a dark secret. He accidentally um, lets his his arch-villains take over the world and is put in a coma for hundreds of years, wakes up in a dark Art Deco future and has to figure out a way to, you know, get them out out of power and bring back freedom. Yeah, and the first campaign, uh, or first three campaigns, really, I should say, were on Kickstarter. They were wildly successful. Now you've moved on to Zoop, and we'll talk about the reasons for that. I, I read something you uh, wrote in your newsletter about that. Um, definitely good reasons, and, and yeah, we'll get into that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of subverting expectations, because when we had you on the first time, even I hadn't checked out the first book. And you know, with your art style and the things you talked about, you know, golden age and things you're a fan of serials, you know, Indiana Jones type pulp adventure, uh, that you get into the story and things. And one of the things about those golden age books, everything's black and white, right? It's like good guys, bad guys, yeah. white hat, black hat. Uh, Captain Lancet, although he fits in that world, there's a little more, he's a little more complicated. And obviously we don't want to give it away, but there, yeah. that was so unexpected and really interesting to me. So was that something you had planned like right from the beginning when you were um, oh, yeah. you know, coming up with the series? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Um, that's uh, That was kind of one of the things that really made me want to do it. I had a few different ideas that became the story, uh, all of which individually I was like, oh, that could be cool. And then I'd think about it and think there really wasn't quite enough to it. And I think that the main thing that made me, you know, that kind of broke the story and made it work for me was that. I could play with he's going to not be who we think he is um, in a lot of ways. And then to kind of step back as the story unfolds, see what really is his character? What are his real motivations? Uh, the the thing I guess we're talking about subverting expectations is a lot of stories now are um, I think of that show Dexter where the guy was uh, pretending to be a police, some kind of police person. I'm not sure a crime examiner or something like that. And he was, in fact, uh, you know, a serial killer and using those skills to get away with his other stuff. There's a lot of things like that. So I kind of wanted to play in that sandbox a little bit, but I don't really go in that direction. And I mean, not to get too much uh, into the spoilers, but he is in a lot of ways the person he pretends to be. And that's that's something I wanted to do. Um, I, I kind of want my heroes to be heroes a lot of the time. Uh, that's what I think most of us who read comics, uh, if you really like that stuff, I think you more often than not want to do that. And my, my approach was I want to do that, but I want it to make sense and in doing so give it some impact, I hope. Yeah. And I think, you know, making him a more complex character, one of the things that people will complain about comics, they have this idea that comics are still what they were in the golden age where, yeah, it's, 
it can be boring, right? It's the same old thing. Who's ever going to be able to defeat Superman? He's all powerful. The good guys always win that sort of thing. And it's why comics have evolved. Storytelling has evolved things, characters, story, everything has become more complex because life is complex. Humans are complex and you want to make it relatable. Um, so you're kind of having the best of both worlds, right? Like a little bit of that traditional golden age, but, and it's not just Captain, uh, Captain Lancet, but some of the other characters as well, that, you know, their, their motivations are much more real than, you know, two-dimensional, right? Yeah, I was, I hoped to, and I'm cheating a little bit in that when I write stuff that's been TV shows and comics and other stories in the last 10, 15 years. And I know that like, there's a pretty big, you know, there's a good chance if you read some of the twists in issue one, that he's not going to be a great guy or he's going to be maybe become a good guy, but he's not in the first place. And I'm playing with that expectation. And I know that there's a decent chance if you're reading, you're like, Oh, it's going to be one of those. And uh, I kind of wanted to make him a good person and play with that, make, make that seem real by giving it some depth and then go back through some flashbacks and some events that just reveal his character, uh, you know, show that kind of build, uh, kind of build the pieces of his personality in terms of what we see of it uh, in the story. And hopefully that's, there's some suspense there. I, I hope you're like, is he going to be this guy? Is he going to be a bad guy? Is he going to be, is he going to run out? Is he not really want to have this fight? And, uh, and hopefully I'm playing around with some of that and, and making you interested to see who he is at the end. Yeah. And again, uh, your art style, you know, we mentioned the kind of that pulp golden age uh, sort of tone and it definitely your, your art sauce sort of suits that. I know there's been a lot of challenges uh, obviously with you doing everything, you know, you're coloring and inking and drawing and writing and everything. And so, you know, setting aside the the challenges of the logistics, and again, we'll get into, you know, why you moved over to Zoop in a little bit. Um, but what have some of the challenges been, you know, creatively as this has gone on? Because again, when we had you on the first time, you know, you were still working on the finishing up the first issue. Here we are, you know, three issues later. Has it become easier? Is it is it tougher? Different challenges? Like where are you at, you know, with the series logistic wise? Well, I'd say in terms of creation, um, just making the comic and up to that point, uh, it's gotten a lot easier. I've kind of figured out how to draw this guy quickly um, in ways that make it easier to color down the line uh, much faster. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to do a sequel was I kind of was like, man, I just figured out how to draw this guy, right? I don't want to <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> so there's that. Um, that's become a lot easier. Uh, I streamlined a few things with my process. It's worked out really well, I think. Uh, coloring has gotten a lot easier. That was a really tough one to crack in issue one because I was figuring out how to marry a lot of the influences. I knew the colors that a lot of the backgrounds kind of look like the Superman Fleischer Brothers cartoons or Batman the Animated Series, just in terms of really the color, the exact things they do. And I wanted to use those. I also wanted to have muted colors in places. So a lot of times when I was doing issue one, I just put that together. I do the background the way I wanted the background to be, foreground the way I wanted the foreground to be, the characters, the objects, all that stuff. And then when I'd be done, I'd be like, all right, this does not, this cocktail is not working out. There needs to be some adjustments. So by the time, you know, I got to, actually, I think I really felt like I was firing all cylinders midway through issue four of like a couple months ago. I was thinking like, yeah, this is, I finally think I've figured this out. So um, so I think the art's a lot better in this one uh, as it's gone, as I've gone through the series. But yeah, there has been a learning curve in just every every character's costume, every 
um, things about the sidekick character that, you know, some details in him that just, as I got to do it and do it more, I, I would realize ways to do it faster and, and better. So let's, sh- let's talk about the, the, the shift to Zoop. Um, and we'll talk about the community that's at Kickstarter and at Zoop. You know, I think they're both, they're both good. Um, but let's talk about, you know, the, the reasons why, like logistically you chose to, to move over, move over to Zoop. Cause again, you're doing all the heavy lifting here, you know, creatively. And then with a Kickstarter running your own campaign, you have, you know, the shipping and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff too. So I'm sure that factored into your decision to, uh, to try Zoop out, right? Oh, absolutely. That's, I looked at three was a little late. It was more than a little late. It was a couple of months late. And um, there's just a lot, a lot of planning things that you don't even think of necessarily. Um, I mean, I'd be setting up the campaigns and planning out, okay, is the printing cost going to still be this way when I'm done? Is the shipping cost going to change? And many times it did. So there's a lot of concern there, a lot of things to worry about. And the, the worst part is the longer I spend trying to iron those details out, the less time I'm drawing, the more likely there will be changes between now and when I'm done with the issue. So I made the decision to switch over to Zoop primarily because of that. Uh, I also wanted to take advantage of their team's knowledge. They're, they have a lot of experience in comics. They've worked at a lot of publishers. They know the business. They have great relationships with people like you, with you know, social media, with comic websites. And, uh, and they also have great input um, on terms of like what rewards to offer, even some creative things. So uh, that was, it, it was basically just all good things in the move. And the, the best part is uh, as of today, when we're talking, I think I have, well, I know I have three pages to go. Uh, I think the most I ever had when I started campaigning was maybe 12. And I have to finish it. This was because I'm not, okay, what's the printing going to cost now? What's the shipping going to cost? I'm not doing all those things um, or setting up the campaign page. I'm, I've just been drawing and it's almost done. So that's a fantastic feeling. And that's, I think, completely due to to having moved to Zoop. Yeah. Uh, if, oh, if I can add one thing. Yeah, like, I, I also have been saying to people who have asked, um, the thing that really got me on that that making a decision was, People have shown such support to this project. I'm really grateful. And uh, and that's why it was hard for me to to be able to like have these delays and say, yeah, I really felt like I was letting people down. So if there was a way to avoid that, and I it seemed like there might be, I, I felt pretty obliged to look into it. So that was kind of what kicked off that, that process. Yeah. Again, you know, if you are doing it all yourself and it, it is the one thing about crowdfunding and I, you know, obviously I'm a huge proponent of crowdfunding and self-publishing, but the one tough part is you just don't get to, you know, people are used to comic readers, especially, you know, regular comic readers like myself, Wednesday warriors, as sometimes people call us, we're used to that monthly schedule when you're self-publishing it, it it's impossible. There's no way you could put out 12, you know, 12 books a, m- a month, big publishers barely do it and they have all this infrastructure. When you have to do everything yourself, you know, you're lucky to get three, four issues out a year. Even that would be a, a Herculean feat. So, yeah, if you could just focus on creating and let Zoop handle the logistics, I mean, to me, that's win-win. Yeah, it's and, and they're, the nice thing is they're great at it. And they, they have a lot of, they're like, no, let's do this this way. And I'm like, that's fantastic. What I would do, uh, you know, in previous campaigns is instead of just having a conversation with them, yeah, I'd be okay, let's find some campaigns that did that. How did that do? What did it look like happened here? What's it going to cost? All that. I mean, it's going to be a day. And that's, again, a day I'm not drawing. So it was great to, to just have that 
you know, that resource to lean on. So, I, I mean, it's, it was a great decision, I think, to, to do that. And I'm really, really happy with how it's turned out. Yeah. And again, you have had great support for the first three campaigns over on Kickstarter. It feels like you really built a community. Uh, and I want to talk about that in a second, but it certainly seems like I was going to, you know, ask you when I knew we were having this interview, well, I need to ask Ben about, you know, whether or not that community is, will find him here. Will they move over? Well, clearly $5,500 in the first day, first, you know, eight, 12 hours or whatever it is that we're on here. Uh, clearly they found you here. Um, which is great. And it definitely seems like the, the um, campaign will, will be successful and will be fulfilled, but talk a little bit about building that community and how it's grown from, you know, the first campaign and, you know, through the three on Kickstarter to now over here at Zoop. Um, Cause I feel like both Kickstarter and Zoop, you know, whichever one you choose uh, it definitely has a good sense of uh, community for the comic book supporters. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I feel like when I went on Kickstarter, I felt like this idea was a little bit ditch and that you, you really had to be a comic fan to get why Captain Lancet talks the way he does, why he's just the whole vocabulary of his Mm -hmm. uniform, his weapons, everything I'm playing with. Like my mom wouldn't really get that if she were going to read my comic. Um, She would just think like, Oh, that's, it just wouldn't read. You wouldn't get the references. And so I thought it was perfect for Kickstarter. Uh, I was really overwhelmed by the amount of, you know, interest and support that it got. And uh, so that was great. And I mean, just through sharing updates, people leave great comments. um, It has felt like a community. And I really want to build on that. In fact, for the next Scarlet Twilight story, which I'm hoping to do this year, um, it's going to be seven or eight issues. And I actually want to approach it as a one campaign. And we're going to try and do each issue released as a digital PDF as I have it done. And then the collection and uh, in single issues, if you want it at the end. So hopefully we can do something where I can, you know, have people on my YouTube channel. We can talk about the issues when they come out. Cause I really want to build on that community. I like talking with people about the story, I like talking with people about comics. And it's been, it seems like there's a good opportunity to build on that. And also to look at the way this campaign has been, if I had to do it over, I would never <laughs> do each issue by itself. It seemed like a smart idea at the time because I wasn't committing to a, a, you know, basically a graphic novel length story if it if it barely made any money. And I had set it up to scale so that if, you know, 10 people supported it, I would I wouldn't lose money. Um, and if more people did, then it would just the cost would go up, too, but it would still work out because I just kind of wanted to build an audience. I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to just uh, get it out there. And uh, for the next one, I want to make it so, you know, we're not paying for four shipping instances. Right. Um, but also can get something that is a lot closer to that monthly comic experience that you talked about. Um, if I can get a little bit faster, the way I do these, drop these every five weeks, six weeks, make it a little bit of an event, talk with people about it, have people on a show, talk on other people's shows, um, hopefully make it more of a, um, like you said, something more like going to the comic shop and knowing this new issue of this story is out. Um, I want to build some of that into the experience going forward. And that really grows out of, like you said, the communities that's out there and the support and just how much fun that is. And, and it's something I definitely want to integrate into the next next part of the story. Yeah, well, I think your story, just the tone of the comic, it is so fun. You know, yeah, there's, you know, humor and there's like, you know, occult references and it's the pulp thing or whatever. And you could, you know, take it that serious Saturday morning 
uh, serial cliffhanger type of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just fun and the art is fantastic. So I think it kind of engenders that kind of conversation. People get excited about it. They, they want to talk about it. So, yeah, I think that's, um, that's certainly something to, uh, to explore. So um, I'm going to, Take a second here to remind everybody, uh, even though, as we said, the campaign is almost fully funded, best way you can help out Ben, uh, even if you want to join the campaign, but maybe you just don't have the means right now, or it doesn't sound like it's for you, um, other than supporting the campaign itself, the other way you can really help out is by sharing this on social media. There's retail bundles in the campaign. Let your retailer know about it in case they want to get some for the shop, that sort of thing. Tell your comic reading friends about it. Uh, it's just, it's really, really a fun series. Uh, I love it. I even bought the apron for the first campaign. So definitely go and, and check it out, zoop.gg. And there'll, there'll be a link in the show notes to take you directly to the campaign page um, if you want to check it out. But uh, Ben, why don't you let them know uh, what else is available in the tiers besides just this latest issue? Because if they've missed it, this is the first they're hearing about it, they can go back and get previous issues and, and so forth. Right? Yeah. Now. So we have some copies left over from the previous campaigns of the floppies, uh, both the alternate covers, the variant covers and the regular. Um, I started doing something in the last campaign. I've been calling the deluxe edition that I printed on heavier cardstock covers and included about 10 to four, uh, 10 to 14 pages of extra content sketches uh, breakdowns on story points, uh, historical stuff that inform the story, things like that. And that's been the deluxe editions. And we're going to have, I only offered the number three version of that in the last campaign, but I've gone and created versions of that for one, two, and four. If you want to go back and get those, so you can get all four of the deluxe versions. You can get obviously digital of everything. If you want to catch up and you miss something, um, we also have, and this is exciting, the hardcover that's going to collect um, the whole story and have a boatload of extra stuff, um, sketches, unused uh, pages or art from pages, uh, paintings, things like that. Um, some planning stuff that goes into, again, here's this historical event that inspired part of the story. Here's um, some influences that inspired this character's uniform, things like that where I just kind of go into the creative process and what, what went into building some of these characters and event and moments. So we have those, like I said, deluxe editions, digital of everything, the collection and hardcover and uh, lots of catch up stuff with our extra copies of one through three. Yeah. And again, uh, retail bundles as well. If, if your retailer wants to pick up the, the collected edition, which it just looks fantastic. Uh, again, I highly encourage you guys like go and check this out. Like one of the things I, when I reached out to Ben initially in the first place, just his art is so amazing. The design of Captain Lancet, his costume is amazing. That's what the apron is. That's why I had to have it. It's so cool. Um, so glad. I'm glad people got the apron. I was yeah, excited. It's so cool. I remember it came and my, I opened it up and I showed my wife. She's like, what is that? I'm like, it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't it just look cool? But yeah, it's comic book related. She's like, it's comic book related. Yes, of course it is. But it just looks so cool. Uh, the Thank other you. thing I wanted to, to ask you about, Ben, we're talking about community here, obviously, you know, online. Uh, have you been doing any cons? Because I feel like this is a book, you know, if you're on the con circuit, that would do really well. Have you had a chance to, to do any sort of hand selling and kind of hands face to face now? Um, this all started during the pandemic. So there really was no outlet for that. Uh, my wife has been on me to maybe do that at some of the cons here. I'm in the, the greater New York area. So there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities there in Jersey and in upstate here in New York where, uh, where we could do that. So I'm, I'm probably looking to do that at one, at some point or another, um, probably start small. I've never tabled anywhere before. So that's, uh, 
I mean, it seems yeah. like it's, as long as it's not in a city, it wouldn't be too much of a pain. I could just throw things in my truck and show up, at, you know. Yeah, it is a whole or something. It is a whole different experience, and ha- you know, having had creators on that do the self-publishing. Yeah, it's that going back to you know what you were saying about okay, you can devote time to doing cons, or you can devote time to creating. It's tough to find that balance between the two. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I just forgot, and they'll probably yell at me if I forget because they, the team at Zoop had this idea. We were talking about things offered in the campaign, and I always forget to mention this. They had this idea of, um, I, I work all digitally right now, but um, offering high quality prints of my original art pages in black and white um, that we would only print up once and sign and, uh, and send out with certificates. So we have a few of those in the campaign page as well. And they have, people are interested in these. Um, I The team at Zoop mentioned it, and that's why I wanted to bring it back up. Um, and they said, do you want to do that? I said, do people want that? I didn't think people would want digital yeah. artwork, but they were absolutely right. So I'm happily eating crow on that point. And, uh, and we're going to put some more of those up there too, um, being as, as people seem to be interested. So that's yeah, if it's, great news if it's too. I didn't want to let that one sail by because they were, like, that's, a, that's a good I told you so from the Zoop team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If it's, if it's, you know, one of one kind of like an artist proof. Yeah. Then it's just as good as, as digital art. So um, yeah. So, so fantastic. Uh, well, Ben, it's been great catching up. Uh, congratulations on the success of the campaign so far. Um, you know, as we said, everybody, if you go and pledge, you're, you're going to get it. It's going to, it's going to fund based on the success so far. Um, so again, link in the show notes, you can go and check it out. Um, there's tons of different words you can get caught up if, um, again, if you haven't been following along. Um, so I'll throw it back over to you one more time, Ben, as we're closing out here, anything else you want to share with, uh, with our listeners? Just want to share if you, um, obviously hearing about the story, if you're into old school comics, the golden age stuff, pulp stuff, flash Gordon, old school Batman, uh, this is a series that plays with those ideas a lot. Um, in an updated way for modern audiences, but as I think, and I've really tried to be very true to the, I would say, spirit of those stories, the things that they valued, I try to value in my story. So if you're a fan of those things, if you like new takes on on those sorts of conventions, um, please give the campaign a look, see if it's for you. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, And also number four is I have three pages to go. It's almost done. It'll be done probably this week. Um, I am super excited for people to see how this ends pumped to see what everybody thinks. So um, please, if it sounds interesting to you and you'd like to support the campaign, head over to Zoop, check it out and uh, and see if it's for you. Yeah. One of the thing I just remembered I wanted to mention, I always forget to say, talk about this when I have Zoop creators on the other thing that's great. Like if listeners, if you're listening to this, you know, months from now, we're recording on February 21st, 2023, you could be listening to this, you know, six months from now. The other thing that's great about Zoop as opposed to Kickstarter is even after the campaign's over, there's a store there. So you can still go and and probably get We Are Scarlet Twilight if it hasn't completely sold out, which, you know, maybe, maybe it will have. But there'll be, an, there, there's an opportunity, even if the campaign has finished. Um, to get on board. So that being said, don't wait. If you're listening to this during the month of the campaign, go check it out uh, and uh, join the campaign. Uh, I promise you, if you're a comic fan, you will enjoy this. And it's also very new reader friendly. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, pulp and uh, occult and whatnot. I mean, this is not, this is you know more all ages. It's not a lot of blood and guts and gore or, you know, 
uh, <laughs> I mean, it gets it gets uh, close to the line, but I, you know, I would be comfortable, you know, having my 11 or 12 year old read this. So, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. So, again, Ben, thanks for your time. Uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you online? Uh, I know you like to engage with uh, with your audience. So where's the best place uh, social media? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Benjamin W. Morse. Um, I have a link there to my YouTube channel there. I'm trying to do more live streaming of process stuff. I'll go through old issues I've made and kind of walk through some interesting things about how this or that got created, um, do some coloring. I'll try and do some drawing. I have trouble drawing on stream, but I want to do more of that. So um, check out my YouTube channel as well that you can find on uh, Twitter and I can send you the link, uh, Jace, as well. Um, so I'd like to be doing a lot more there and, and just talk with more people about their comics as well. I've had a few other creators on recently that have Kickstarter campaigns going and it's been nice just to shoot the breeze about the process about getting comics out there. So uh, those are the two best places, places to find me. Great. I'll put links to the Twitter and the YouTube in the show notes as well, everybody. So go and check it out. So I uh, want to thank you for your time, Ben. Been great catching up to all you listeners. Thanks for joining us as always. Be sure to go check out the We Are Scarlet campaign on zoop.gg and we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.